Hey everyone and welcome to The Year Was, the podcast all about today that gives you just enough information to effectively be that guy at the party, causing all your friends to question, hey, who invited you? Like, seriously, why are you here? I'm your host Michael Montalvo and for the next few minutes we will take a boat ride on the river of time to find out what makes today truly unique. In this episode we examine the events that occurred... June 2nd. For today's episodic adventure in history, learning stuff, I thought we would get on our time river boat. I decided we are no longer swimming, at least for this episode, and go back to learn about the Pontiac Rebellion. Not so much the Pontiac Rebellion as a specific event from the Rebellion. I thought about making a joke here about the car brand of Pontiac, but the joke seemed in poor taste, so I decided to pass on it. This episode was also originally going to be about Dunkirk, but I couldn't wrap my head around it for some reason and struggled to write the script and will be further explored in a future episode. So way back in the day, there was war. Hard to believe, I know. In America, indigenous tribes and French explorers worked well together for the most part, unlike the Spanish who came with large armies and a goal to conquer, and the English who came largely to establish settlements. The French were essentially of the mindset of, you scratch my back and I'll scratch yours. And this was a system that worked fine for the two groups. The trouble came when the English started arriving as previously mentioned. They came with the intent to colonize, giving little to no compensation or consideration to the native people of the land. And this all came to head during the French and Indian War, which saw France and Britain fight on a global scale. It was also known as the Seven Year War. Ultimately, the British would emerge victorious and would claim French territories the world over. The thing is, however, British treated the indigenous people of America as inferior, and as is often the case, a person can only take that for so long before they feel the need for action. The Native Americans did not see themselves as defeated and sought a way to defend their way of life. As a first step, a coalition was formed between several indigenous tribes in the area, the Ojibwe, Wyandot, the Potawatomi, and the Ottawa formed this coalition. These tribes got together and under the leadership of one of the chiefs, Pontiac, devised a plan to carry out a series of attacks on British-held forts throughout the Great Lakes region. These attacks would eventually become known as Pontiac's Rebellion and were noteworthy for the ruthlessness of the attacks. Women and children would not be spared, heads would be scalped, and stories of cannibalism would emerge all as a result. As fate would have it, one of the places chosen for the attack was Fort Michelamackinac. The year was 1763, and on this day, June 2nd, Fort Michelle Mackinac was attacked by Native American armies in the Fort Michelle Mackinac Massacre. I probably spent five minutes 
practicing pronouncing that in preparation and I know I still messed it up and I don't know why I put it so often after one another. So let's talk about lacrosse. Lacrosse is very old and can be traced back to around 1100 to North American natives, probably in Canada. Only they call it Bogataway. For the purpose of this episode and your listening pleasure, I will call it lacrosse. Lacrosse comes into this story because the tribes invited the British to watch a game of lacrosse. The match was between the Ojibwe and the Sauk and was held just outside the gates to the fort. British Major George Etherington invited all of his men to watch and they gathered, standing outside, gates open, weapons safely at home. They had ignored the warnings of a fur trader, Charles Langlade, and failed to notice that despite it being a hot June day, the women of the tribes were bundled in thick blankets. The attack came swiftly. A war cry was made and the ball was hit towards the Englishmen watching the game. The Native Americans ran towards the women who had thrown off their blankets and revealed themselves to be carrying weapons for the men to take and attack the fort. Soldiers ran inside as Etherington and William Leslie were captured and taken away. In the streets, soldiers were being killed and scalped and turned away from safety at nearly every door they reached. The tribes were selective about who they were attacking, however. Only going after the English, the French Canadians were safe from this warpath as they were not seen as the enemy. Some of the French Canadians tried to hide English neighbors and friends, but all were found and quickly whisked away to be held as prisoners of war. The whole thing only took minutes. 27 were killed in the attack, and dozens more were captured. In the aftermath, French Canadians looted the homes and stores of their English neighbors, and the fort more or less emptied. The Native American tribes that had pulled off this attack and seven others left the fort in search of winter hunting grounds and to get away from the inevitable British retaliation. But still, it was only after a year's time that the fort was returned to the British. What's interesting here is that these two groups would set aside their differences and face another foe only 13 years later when the American colonies would face both groups and fight for independence during the Revolutionary War. That's going to do it for us today. If you like this podcast and want to hear more, give us a rate and review. That helps me out and helps steer this in a direction that is hopefully good for all. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can find the Year Was audio version on your podcast app of choice. You can find me on social media and at YouTube at the Apple Cider Club. And as always, I want to thank the Tim Kreitz Band for our musical theme. And thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.